Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 90210 show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my fiance, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here. It is March 20th, nineteen. 98. Did you enjoy your St. Patty's Day? I had some green beer. St. Patty's Day. Did you have a shamrock shake? No. It's I nasty. Like, I don't like that shit either. Uh, that, uh, those are the McDonald's milkshakes aren't even fucking real milkshakes, I don't think. Well, I, I like McDonald's milkshakes. I don't, don't. don't hate on the milkshakes, but I do not like the the, the minty milkshakes. You ever, ever let one melt? Like that's not, yeah. even, not even made with milk. What what do you think it's made with? I don't know. It's some powdered shit. Okay, so you're telling me it melts and turns into powder? <laughs> no, that's not what happens. When, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> but it's not. It doesn't melt like ice cream melts. You ever have a fucking milkshake melt? It's it doesn't it doesn't look like that. It's I they're gross. I don't like them. Okay, well, I you don't, don't have to drink I don't them. like, okay. McDonald's makes a good fry and a, hmm. de- and a decent hamburger. You want to talk about the fries, though? Like, they're delicious. I love them. I'll eat them all day. They do not decompose. Sure. It's a little fucked up. Like, oh, yeah. None, you'll find, not a McDonald's stuff decomposes at all. You'll find a French fry under your seat that's been there for six months, and you could eat it, and it would taste exactly the same. Uh, 10,000 years from now. When uh when uh future humans fucking exhume bodies <laughs> from this generation, they're gonna find McDonald's fries just <laughs> and 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 probably us we're gonna be uh, preserved too because we're just filled with McDonald's. Right, exactly. No, I I, I left a Mc, I, a McDonald's hamburger one time uh fell in like the bun uh-huh. fell under my car right right uh, like under the seat. And probably, I don't know, a year later, I found it. Fucking, there was no mold. Like, <laughs> it, it, there was, like, it had chased away mold from, <laughs> that was underneath my, my seat to begin with. Right. Mold was scared of it. <laughs> but seriously, it's sealed like a, fu- it's like, like they put a varnish on it. I don't understand. It is crazy. It was hard as a rock, but perfectly preserved. <laughs> It was like dinosaur bones or whatever. God love McDonald's. God, God, is, God has nothing to do with McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's is an aberration on God's plan. Uh, the first thing that Jesus does when he comes back is he's going to look and be like, the fuck? Who told you to create this? McDonald's brothers. And then have it stolen by Ray Kroc. Oh, my God, you ever, what? You ever hear that story? No. Oh, the McDonald's brothers. I can't remember their names. Mac and Dick, I think, or something sure. like that. Sure. Mac McDonald's. Are you serious? Like, is that where the Big Mac comes from? Yes. That's awesome. So they uh, they, cre- they started this thing in California, McDonald's. They came up with the whole idea of, like, this is how we're going to make these hamburgers or whatever, right? And then Ray Kroc, who, by the way, I think he was like a fucking milkshake salesman, a milkshake machine salesman or something. He saw what they were doing. He was like, oh, he had the idea of like, we could 
get people to do this all over the country. Mm-hmm. We could sell the the the, the idea the the because you know like every McDonald's. I don't know if any of you have ever worked in a McDonald's out there, but if you've ever worked in a McDonald's, everything is done the same way. Every McDonald's is set up the exact same way. Everything's done exactly the same. It's all very regimented, and so it's like that's what they did. They were like, we're, "We'll we'll you know we'll ship you the meat and shit like that, like all the supplies and stuff. You own the building, you make money off of it, but you give us." a percentage of what you make and everything. So he came up with that idea. So franchising. Yeah, that's what they call it now. Yeah, franchising. But he came up with the idea to franchise it, and uh, slowly he just basically fucking stole the company away from the brothers. That's insane. Yeah, I think they gave gave him a payout or something like that, but they were supposed to. They were supposed to get a percentage. I think it was even only like 1%. But they were supposed to get a percentage of what McDonald's made every year. And, but they didn't put it in writing like morons. Oh, no. And they never got it. And like today it would be worth like, I don't know, like a fucking $20 million a year or something like that. Wow. Insane. Those poor dudes. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's what happened. And God hates it, I assume. Um, (laughs) anyway, speaking of things that God hates. Okay. 90210. Donna Martin, apparently. Uh, Oh, yeah. Donna the Virgin. She should, God should love her, but she really gets abused. She really does. She really gets like knocked around. It's so funny how Aaron Sorkin, or not Aaron Sorkin, that's a dude that wrote uh, um, A Few Good Men. But uh, Aaron Spelling Mm -hmm. is like, um, now, my daughter, Tori Spelling, you can't have sex. That's. That's off the table. We don't want anything so salacious. Uh, uh, what about if we uh, have somebody attempt to rape her, sir? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I mean, she's very she's an adult now. Yeah, but, I'm sure she makes her own rules, right? I no, he's still a producer. I think it's oh. one of his rules. That's and maybe maybe it's just an idiosyncrasy that's been baked in at this point. But mm. uh, but he didn't want her to have sex. He didn't want her to be in a sexy. I don't blame him. Because yeah. if I was a dad and I, my daughter was like, I want to be on the show that you're producing and I was going to let her because, you know, nepotism, um, I'd probably have that rule too. Right. But anyway, so, yeah, go ahead. Tell us what happens on, on 90210. So Donna has a stalker. Oh, Donna. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> you should. <laughs> Your, your face because i said one sentence and then you're like let me take over now no i know why you're doing it but i just want to to update them uh-huh uh one of the 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 episode in between like we did an episode and then this is actually two episodes in the future this is unnecessary roughness which is a football term uh, right because what super bowl sunday yeah because the super bowl uh took place when this uh, came out. Right. Because we're still behind. But on our tapes, uh, fucking like magnetic stripped, like the the one episode is just snowy. Right. Just... Like, it's very hard to see. So we kind of had to skip over it. Yeah. Sorry. But anyway, uh, in that episode, Donna became the weather girl for CU. So Donna's the weather girl for the, the college station. And now she has a stalker, like all good weather girls should. That's right. <laughs> wow. 
Don't let Dominique Dunn hear you say that. <laughs> and she gets some beautiful sterling roses, which, by the way, are the best. Like, yeah. sterling roses are beautiful. Is that a hint? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they're thornless. Oh, aren't they? They're yeah. thornless. They're, <laughs> they're painless. They're, they're purple and they're thornless. Well, yeah. I know, I know how much you love purple and roses. Yeah, my tattoo should have been a sterling rose, but I didn't know I loved them yet. Yeah. Um, it's close enough. <laughs> Meh. Meh. But anyways, she gets these beautiful roses, and she thinks they must be from David, and then she looks at the card, and it says they're from her number one fan. Yeah, and then and, Annie Wilk shows up. <laughs> right. She loses her fucking shit immediately, though. She's mm. like, oh my god, it's from him, it's from this doctor. Like, it could be from a number of people. I, I don't know that I would necessarily assume that, but... She had been getting harassing phone calls, though. Right. So she's already on edge. And Claire and Kelly are not very helpful. <laughs> no, they're like, whatever. Like, get over it. Dumb whore. <laughs> but she, like, throws away the flowers, which is just a travesty. I think they're jealous. You think? I think they're jealous that uh, that she's got a stalker. That's a fucked up thing they to be don't. jealous of. Do they not see how unhappy she is? Claire's like, I wish I had a stalk. <laughs> Claire's a miserable human being. <laughs> we I don't, don't like, like her anymore. We don't like Claire anymore. I want Steve to dump her. Yeah, I want Steve to dump her and go for the, the, the girl that was a man. Right? <laughs> they had more chemistry. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my God. Steve got a handful there. <laughs> but, um... Donna's just getting like real weird and the girls are not being patient with her. So like she's at the school, like the quad or whatever. The uh, condor's nest, yeah. they call it. And she sees the guy who tried to rape her yeah, staring at her. What's funny too is what, what made me convinced that she really saw him was that she saw him with the passage of time too. Like we, we see... They flash back to when she sees him. Mm-hmm. They flash back to when he was trying to rape her and stuff, and when he was like, uh, "What are you talking about? Uh, whore like you is a virgin?" It's like you don't know what words mean, do you? Um, <laughs> but he's balding, but still has quite a bit of hair on his head. Uh-huh. It's receded, but the middle of his head is still fairly covered with hair. Okay, but you can tell that he's balding when she sees him. This actor has now gone mostly bald, <laughs> and that that in the two years that middle part is is gone essentially, and he's got the classic like ring around the head male pattern baldness. Um, and she saw him that way. She didn't see him how she remembered him. Right. She saw him like that with the passage of time. Huh. So I thought to myself, I don't think that's just a. They could have done some of the computers if sure. it, if it was supposed to be a, a like. Uh, Something she was making up in her head. I don't think that was just like get the actor back in to for this flashback thing. I was like, I think she really saw him. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. I did not notice that. So she starts screaming. Yeah. Oh yeah. And everybody's like, like she saw oh. Jason Voorhees. Right. Everybody's like, oh, you just imagined it. It's right. okay. Like. You know, um, well, not Dave, everybody. Claire and Kelly, who you know, right, out of jealousy, don't want her to have the stalker. Well, David points out that you know, while he is being comforting, he is still pointing out that she he thinks she's wrong. 
that uh, they would have to notify her oh, if yeah. he got released from prison, which I said also. Department of Corrections would have to notify you. Yeah, I guess that is probably standard practice, right? Yeah, if you're a victim of a violent crime and they release the criminal, they they have to tell you. It makes sense. So. It would seem like they would tell you in advance. Yeah, I, I would think they would. I would think so, too. Um, It's just, like, kind of messed up. Oh, no. Oh, no. You oh, lost no. it. Lost all your thoughts. They're gone. It was a good one, too. Oh, I'm sorry. So David's trying to be comforting to her. Right. And says... Oh, okay. I remember. So <laughs> so she sees the guy, and it's like, up until then, it's just been, this is a stalker, and I'm freaking out about my stalker. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, so is being stalked triggering, like, the PTSD that's making her see this guy? But it didn't feel like that. It felt separate. It felt different. Because otherwise it would be, it would, you'd think it would have happened sooner, I guess, because she's been being stalked for like a couple weeks. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting too. Like, why all of a sudden does she go from, I got roses to, there's my rapist. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, uh, mostly I think Tori Spelling's not a great actress. (laughs) She's a better actress most of the time than she was in this episode. I think she has difficulty Mm -hmm. with negative emotion. And I feel like we've noticed that before. I feel like this isn't the first time we're saying these words. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, when you're born rich and (laughs) literally the worst thing that's ever happened to you is that they didn't have the, Mercedes Benz and the color you wanted. Oh, jeez! Then on. you know, That's I, not fair. Then it might be harder to play trauma, right? Know? So, <clears throat> I, I'm really sorry, Tori Spelling. Oh, yeah, she definitely listens to. The, <laughs> she listens to these tapes for sure. I send them to her mansion. Right? Oh my God, where the stalker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you like the roses, Tori? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he says they'd have to notify her and everyone's, you know, pretty dismissive of the entire thing. And she's obviously like really having a hard time and it really pisses me off that nobody's being like there for her. She's having nightmares and yeah. Oh yeah. She gets up and sets off the alarm in the middle of the night. Now that would be frustrating. Sure. Yeah. And I really don't understand what happened because she heard a noise and she was trying to turn the alarm on. Apparently, they have the alarm, but they don't use it much. That's stupid. And she heard a noise, so she was trying to turn the alarm on so she could feel safer. And she, you know, she wasn't doing it right, probably because she was scared and and tired. And And it was pitch black dark. Right. So Claire helped her out with it. But yeah, they're all like, oh, Donna, eventually Donna's like, maybe I should go to my mom's, you know, and and whatever. And and, because, you know, so I don't bother you guys and, and they kind of look like yeah, yeah okay. i know like what the fuck although at that, that time when she had heard something and she turned on the alarm she went out on the porch and there was a rose sitting on the on the porch yeah so, you noticed that and i didn't well that's because your eyes were closed good eye yeah that's right out of fear <laughs> i was, I was so rubbing scared. his head because he had a headache and i am a nice girlfriend that's right but <clears throat> Anyways, uh, another thing that happened with uh, Donna and these girls, though, uh-huh. they decide to distract her by having a girls' night oh, at they the do. strip club. They do, yes. Such a weird like thing to do in this particular situation. Because, uh, because David is 
planning a big Super Bowl night at the After Dark, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. But yeah, so they don't want to, they don't like football, so they don't want to do that. So they go out for the girls' night to the Australian strippers. It was, uh, it, it's so funny to see Donna there. It's like da- the Down Under or something like that, I think it's something called. Something like that. I, we're just a bunch of Aussies. Just a bunch of Aussies taking our clothes off. One of them picked Donna up and spun her around on the stage and then put her back down. If you're an Australian stripper, can you tell us, is that, is that believable? <laughs> Do you guys just randomly grab women from the crowd and spin them around and then put them back down? Because I don't think that happens. See, I've never been to a male strip club. I've only been to a female strip club, so yeah. I, don't know how, I don't know how that works. Like, if a dude touches one of the female strippers, I'm pretty sure they get killed. I'm pretty sure somebody well, drags them in the back don't and get, kills them. You don't get killed. <laughs> it is not, not allowed. allowed. You get kicked out for sure. Right. But in this place, it seemed like touching's encouraged. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. You uh, Before me, you wouldn't have been able to say that, that you'd been to uh, any kind of strip club. That's true. You took so much pride in saying that, too. I you, can see you, the pride you, in your face. You made one of my lifelong dreams a reality. Yeah. Now, do you want to go to a male one? Is that is that still on your list? Maybe. I won't go to you with that one. No, that would definitely be a girls' night thing. Yeah. Um, but you have, you know, that you certainly can if you find one. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think it is a little more encouraged, the touching. Because... Uh, They're not scared of the girls. Yeah. Guys, guys c- could be sexually aggressive to a um, female stripper. If right. You, if you're letting guys touch girls, then it could get out of hand real real fast. quick well but, that's why they don't allow um full nudity in the strip clubs with alcohol because they think that's going to get out of hand that's true yeah and then there are other ones where they do have full nudity no alcohol. and it's 18 and up but there is no alcohol yeah because they figure you know you, you you're gonna keep your wits about you you can see some pussy otherwise <laughs> only I, titties i do think that that's the weirdest thing because yeah. it's like you know I I appreciate the vagina. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But if you're talking about aesthetic beauty, you know, that's not the first place I'm like, let me look. Right. Yeah, it's weird. You know, there are there are nice things about it, but like to gaze at, (laughs) it's not necessarily like what you're looking for. Exactly. And honestly, some of the little outfits are cuter, you know, many of the nakedness anyway. Absolutely. Um, well, we went to a, a one that was, you know, we had to be 21 or a different age. Sure. To go to. 99, whatever. Back when we were in, uh, back, yeah, we're 99. <laughs> back when. Uh, we well, took, you are, Grandpa. We took a trip to, you You have no idea how old I really am. <laughs> um, well, I, why do you think I'm always uh, obfuscating my real age? Um, but, uh, we were in Tampa. Mm-hmm. We were in Tampa, Florida. Cause you know, there's no strip clubs in Detroit. Well, I mean, there are, but we, <laughs> we haven't gone to one. No, I know. I'll I'm just saying. You, I'll take you to one if you liked it so much. No. <laughs> um, anyways, the girls go to the strip club. They do to see the Australians. And it seems like they're having a decent time. Oh, yeah. Everybody seems happy. It's weird. Donna seems even to be enjoying it. 
And then all of a sudden there's champagne brought to the ladies. And they're like, did you order this? Who ordered this? And Donna's like, oh, no, champagne. Right. Like, she's actually frightened by it. Right. Yeah, because it's her nemesis. Because she'll start, if she drinks champagne, she'll start having sex with all the strippers on the stage right. or whatever. God, can you imagine drunk Donna in a strip oh, club? Oh, my God. She gets so horny. She does. It's so, well, I mean, she's never had sex. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, instead... Two guys that walked out of the film Revenge of the Nerds woke up. They're like, hi, ladies, we bought you some drinks. They, they were so weird. Yeah. They, they they really came out of a different movie. They're all in, in weird-looking suits with, like, a checkered shirt <laughs> and uh, weird sartorial choices. And the one guy's like, oh, we, we saw you enjoying uh, the, uh, the show up there. We thought we'd give you a chance at the real thing. So stupid. And they're like, yeah, no thanks. They all, the, they all have, well, besides Kelly, but they all have boyfriends besides Kelly. Besides Kelly. But Kelly wouldn't touch those guys. Fuck no. Um, and they're very aggressive, too. Like, they get kind of mad when the girls are leaving. It's like... They're like, well, well come on, girls. Come on. <laughs> and Ridiculous. Then, and Claire's, Claire turns on bitch, which is, you know, not a, not a hard setting for her to get to. Right. Is <laughs> <laughs> basically like, no thanks, geeks. And then they leave. And then in the parking lot, Donna drops her keys yeah. and bends down to get them. Well, she she fully not bends down the way you would you know the way you'd normally like to see a woman bend down. <laughs> no, she she squats. goes she goes fully to her, to the knee, like one knee one knee up, and then you know foot planted, like okay to to grab them. Sure, in a crouched position. Yes, yeah, she's crouching. And a car that we had actually, I believe, seen drive up. Yeah, it's been following them. Yeah. Um, just turns on its headlights and peels out of a corner towards her. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to run her over. Yeah. And then swerves and hits the dumpster and drives off. No, it hits another car. Oh, I thought it was a dumpster. No, it hits, like, a yellow car. Okay. And then drives off. Now, we only see the shadow of the person. But we see the shadow as they're following, and then we see the shadow as it tries to murder Donna. <laughs> well, and it didn't try because it swerved. Scare Donna, I guess. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like her stalker. No. I mean, it doesn't look like her, ra- her, her rapist, potential yeah. rapist. So we may be looking at two completely separate situations here. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, though, it still seems possible that the rapist thing could have been her imagination. True. So um, she's obviously at this point extremely freaked out. Yeah. And yet the girls still continue on with the evening. Like, they go to the after dark. They stopped dark. at the after dark to talk to David because... Because uh, Donna said she would. She promised she would. She, yeah, okay. They don't do much at the after dark. No. But, you know, they do tell David, I think, what happened. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, or did they go, did, they, did this happen at the after dark? I don't know. Now I'm confused. It might have happened when they were leaving the after dark. Yeah. I think so. Okay. I think it happened, yeah, because he followed from the strip club to the after dark. Okay. So it happened when they were leaving the after dark. But then the next day. So she does go to her mom's. Right. And she's like, oh, I had all this mail. From their P.O. box. Mm-hmm. She didn't think, I, I haven't checked this P.O. box in two weeks since my, my parents have been to Europe and everything. So she does. She's going through the mail, and then she, again, like, fucking, like, freaks out in public. Yeah. Um, look, David, look, look. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? 
Well, that's what she did. You scared me so bad. <laughs> Sorry. That was like the the fucking weirdest timing ever because you had just like closed your eyes and started to turn right as I was doing the yeah, damn it. And you like fucking freaked out. I hurt my shoulder jumping. What did you think was happening? I don't know. I think I fell asleep for a second in my brain. Like, oh my God. And then you startled me back away. You had just talked. I know. Oh my God. You've been on autopilot this entire time. <laughs> anyway, but she's like, she's all freaking out. And she's like, look, David, look. And he comes over and... Uh, from the Department of Corrections. They released the dude. She's like, none of you believed me. I told you no one believed me. I mean, she's she has earned it, for sure. Her, But I mean, like, just her face, her voice, like, everything about the way she's handling the scene is just annoying and bothersome and makes it's, me want to smack her. It's over the top, yeah. and it's not the way a person would react like this. No. A person would react to a trauma like this in a smaller way. Like, a but. A believable way that someone would react to this would be almost like freezing. Yes. You know, like it, it, there would be a lot more subtlety. And that's the thing is someone that doesn't, no offense, Tori Spelling, someone that doesn't understand human nature as much or, or maybe doesn't, you know, like there needs to be, she's very overt in this kind of acting. There needs to be much more subtlety to well, this. It's not all her fault because the writers told her what to do. Yeah. She's performing suppose, in a way that she's been instructed. Yeah. So the people in charge don't know to ha- how to handle this either. Right. That's true. That's a good point. So I, I only partially blame Tori Spelling. I actually found out something about somebody that we saw in a local performance. Huh. Uh, we saw a person in a local performance that uh, they performed very, the, their voice was really weird, you know, and like, hey, everybody, you, uh-huh. know, you know who I'm talking about, uh-huh. right? Uh, I, I had occasion, I forgot to tell you this, I had occasion to ask about that. Actually, it was more of me voicing a criticism, right? Okay. I was told that the director directed them that way. Oh. Directed them that that, that, that character is like a cartoon. Interesting. And should be played like a cartoon character. And I was like, well, then he nailed it. But I absolutely agree, disagree with, right. with that. You don't have to play it the way that, for instance, Frank Sinatra played it in the movie. Uh, but you uh, you certainly, it should have been, this person is a confidence man. Like someone that's supposed to be, why are you stare glaring at me? Like, no one's going to hear this. You don't know who listens to our tapes. Anyway, um, the point is, I, I, I don't agree with the way it was played. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times actors don't have much control over and what's that's, happening. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this person was directed to act that way. And I was like, well, they did a good job in their, their direction. Right. I just, don't, I just don't agree with the direction. So that's how things ended for Donna. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens here. But, like, tell them your theory. Rapist part two? What's my theory? <laughs> you said that you thought that um, the stalker is not the rapist. And that yes. the rapist is just stalking her now, too, though. I mean, like, he has to because he was there. She saw him. I think it's, yeah, I think she really saw him. I and think he was staring at her. I think it's coincidental. I don't, I don't think, I think it's two separate instances. Right. Who gets two stalkers at once? 
Two for the price of one. Only Donna. Like uh, like Mr. Allen's. Remember that? Twenty-nine, two for fifty. <laughs> so, okay, what else is happening? We have Brandon went away with Tracy for Super Bowl weekend for some stupid reason. Went to her parents. Yeah, her, her parents, parents aren't farm, there, and <laughs> we don't ever see her parents. Well, no, they weren't. They were supposed to be gone. She was oh, okay. taking him there, like, "Hey, my parents went out of town. We'll be alone." This is supposed to be like a romantic getaway. It is. Yeah. Oh my god, a romantic getaway on a horse farm. <laughs> Talk about fucking privilege, too. By the way, only the writers of nine hundred two one zero would be like, "Yeah, she's real rustic. She grew up on a horse farm." <laughs> <laughs> but. Here's the problem is when they get there, they don't have the place to themselves. No, because Sam's there. Her ex-boyfriend. Sam Beckett. What? No. Quantum Leap Zone. Is his name even Sam? It is Sam. (laughs) (laughs) You think I'm just horning in Quantum Leap references wherever I can? (laughs) Um, No, you know what I love to talk about? I love to talk about Sane Elsewhere. the whole song i've got the whole song you're insane <laughs> i got you all one day i'm gonna play the entire song <laughs> we're just we're just gonna listen to the entire theme song it's in in its entirety i said entirety too many times in that sentence dear god okay so sam her ex-boyfriend is at this farm i and believe suddenly a hologram appears next to us like it looks like you're here to break these two up <laughs> Okay, so he's a third-year vet student, Um, and he works for her parents, and he's there because her horse is sick. Her horse has colic, a a condition I didn't know uh, people could horses could get. I know babies get colic. Right. I'm not even sure exactly what it is. I think it's like just getting really fussy and gassy. Yeah, maybe like a buildup of gas or something like that. That makes sense. I don't know. We don't have babies, so, Uh, but that makes sense. My uh, my grandfather had shingles one time. Sure. A very painful condition that usually only affects roofs. <laughs> You're so weird. <sighs> so I love you. I love you too. So because the horse is sick and the ex-boyfriend is there, yeah. every time uh, Brandon gets anywhere near her, the ex-boyfriend runs up like, hey, the horse needs you. It's like he's got a fucking alarm on her vagina or something. <laughs> oh, she's getting wet. <laughs> <laughs> like he even gets her to sleep in the barn with the horse the first night. Uh-huh. Like what in the fuck? I-, I would have not handled this anywhere near as well as Brandon did. Yeah. He was very classy about it all. He was classy. And the guy, like, he even confronted him, but he did it in such a way that he didn't seem like an asshole. No, the guy, the guy's like, hey, um, you know, can I get some time alone with, <laughs> with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tracy. Tracy. Can I get some time alone with Tracy? And, and Brandon's like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> He's like, 
He's like, look, I, there's still something between us. He's, he's like, why? He's like, because you had your time, Sam. And uh, she said, no, it's over now. So, yeah, because apparently he actually asked her to marry him right before she went to college. So she said no. And yeah. she talks to she talks to Brandon about it and basically says, look, we, you know, I changed and he didn't like I grew up and I want certain things, you know, like she's into politics. She's into the TV station. She's into all that stuff. Mm-hmm. right? And he's not. He's still into whatever. Well, he's into horses. He's in, you know, he's a third year vet student, so he's yeah. going to college too. Yeah, but they, he wants to be rural. She wants to be city. Right. Basically. But she does not look city at all in no, this episode. She all looks all very comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, she, he, he does eventually confront her. Yeah. Uh, when she's tending to a horse and Brandon kind of comes up, but hangs back to hear what's happening. But he's like, hey, you know. You and me, we need to we need to give it another chance. And she's like, no. I mean, Tracy handles this exactly the way you should handle this situation. Mm-hmm. She immediately says, no, we've been over this. I, I don't care about you like that anymore. We need to move on with our lives. Right. And, you know, fi- find what's best for us. And he's like, I'm looking at it. And he's like, you can't tell me that you're interested in this guy or whatever. And she's like, I am very interested <laughs> in this guy. She's very much team Brandon and like yeah. shutting him down as hard as she can while not being a complete asshole. Yeah. So, yeah, the only one who's an asshole is Sam, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I get he's still got a crush on her or whatever. It's been she's a, a junior. Yeah. So it's been has, three years it, for her. Oh, wow. That's crazy then. I didn't even think about that but until just now. But, yeah, she's a junior. It's been three years. Get a life, Sam. Right? So, Brandon and Tracy end up getting down in the hay. Oh, yeah. And apparently that was the first time. Yeah, the first time they had sex. And so. she was like, what did you think immediately after <laughs> you? <laughs> she's basically like. It was weird. Well, as soon as you ejaculated, what was your first <laughs> thought? It was a very weird conversation. It was. Like, what a weird thing to ask a person. She needs to work on her uh, bedside manner. Right. And he says, what does he say? I don't remember. It was something like, I don't know, like, oh, good things come to those who wait. Uh, That's what he said. That's not what he thought. She said something dumb. Something like, you're not allergic to hay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something (laughs) like that. That was it. So, um, they got closer. They got more serious. It, it seems to be, yeah. They they kind of talked about like their their future together and like whether or not he could handle mm-hmm. being around the farm and stuff. And yeah, yeah. They it, it's it's a nice little storyline, but not a ton happens no. other than what we just you know went over. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting change of pace from what's going on elsewhere. And then Valerie's like walking around like a whiny baby the whole episode at the club. Yeah, she is. Because she has too many partners and she doesn't like having to share control. Right. She's like, you're going to do a Super Bowl party. I want a Super Bowl party. (laughs) Yeah, she's very upset about the Super Bowl party. I want my club back the way it is. And apparently she's, like, an item with this ex-boyfriend who is now, like, working there or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're fucking. And he keeps uh, 
bringing up to her how David is also her partner and David's also in control. Right. And it's like, wh- whose side are you on? She's like, you work for me. And he's like, but David. Yeah, I work for David, too. So but then. Hard body David. Also. <laughs> right. And then she's like trying to veto like the Super Bowl party stuff. And then for some reason has a change of heart. I well, don't David even really understand her. why. David's like, look, we'll put it back the next day. We'll do everything ourselves and all that stuff. And so they convince her. Yeah, but I mean, like, what she ends up doing to make up with David, I don't know where this came from. Well, I think she, the, the, whole, the whole point is, is that she, she for a long time, Nat basic Nat's a silent partner. Right. Nat's just like, I'll take part of the profits and I, I put in part of the money. But um she ran the whole show. Right. And now David's there and David wants input too. Mm-hmm. And she's having a hard time with it. So this desk at the end is her olive branch to him. Yeah, she gets this gigantic two person desk. She's like, This is a partner desk. Right. Two can play. Yeah. And we can fucking talk about things here. And basically, she says, look, we're going to, you know, I'll I'll be better at being collaborative with you and stuff. Right. So, you know, whatever. Hopefully it works out. I don't really care. Yeah. I just don't care about that storyline. It wasn't that big of a deal. Nothing really happened. They had the Super Bowl party. Steve and fucking Dick, the guy that that wanted to have sex with Claire, mm-hmm. um, are partners in a shirt. <laughs> and they get the wrong shirt. They get a soccer ball shirt. So Steve has to show them how to sew a, a yeah, that was kind of funny on it, so they can sell these shirts for literacy for the school, right? For a, a fundraiser for literacy. It's dumb. It's dumb. Like bargain basement shenanigans that happen on nine hundred two and zero. The Super Bowl party is the same way. It's an excuse for everyone to get out, get out their favorite jersey. Their John Elway and Jim Kelly jersey and their their fucking Kevin Green jersey and all that stuff. Sure. Drop some more names. I have no idea who needs people are. Outside linebacker so. for the uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, if you like uh, sports, it looks like a fun party. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Yay, sports. Um, <laughs> but I think that's pretty much all that happened. That is the episode, Carol. You know it is. So you can write us at latefee1994awl.com. Yes. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Also, yes. And share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.